ONV presents a financial pillar. Good morning. Welcome to Our Neutral Voices presents a financial pillar. Joining me on the set today, we have Terrence Foster. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> Terrence Bush, um, JJ Foster, and a friend of the show. Mark Ellington with DR Financial. Good morning. Welcome, gentlemen. How are we doing this morning? Yeah, all right. Good morning. I'm doing fine. Good, good. Mark's been a little bit since we've seen you, but we want to thank you for coming back and talking with I us today. You shut me out. I lost my key to the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I want to kick it off with you. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about budgeting, um, five tips for budgeting, five tips that can kind of um, ruin the budgeting plan, and then some do's and don'ts. But Mark, I want you to talk with us a little bit about um, what budgeting was like back in your day, you know, back before computers and online banking and calculators and things like that. What was budgeting like? Well, I did the old time thing, which was the envelopes. That was, uh, I think Larry Burkett had that. So we started with that. But uh, mm-hmm. I started budgeting out of a uh, poor spending habits. Mm-hmm. And so I had to turn things around. Yeah. I know you're a big proponent of budgeting. Tell yes. us why. Well... Your whole life is dependent on finances. I mean, we all get up every day and go to make a living. And it's how we take those dollars. Every dollar should have a destination on it. What's the destination for each dollar you make? And then, you know, I always say when clients come in, if you live like nobody else lives now, then down the road you're going to be able to live like most people can't. Yeah. Very good. Very good. We want to know where our money's going, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So let's jump into um, some budgeting tips to help us save money. Um, JJ, you want to give us one? Some budgeting tips. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I had a question actually before we get into that that okay. I wanted to ask Mark. Um, when dealing with, with, with people, like right now, our viewerships, we have folks that are wealthy, we have uh, middle class, then we have some folks that might not have a lot of income. Mm-hmm. How do you handle, I mean, you know, one of the first things, I was talking to some people and told them our topic today was on budgeting. And I had a comment that was made said, I don't have anything to budget. How do you How do you handle, you know, a client like that? Or how, what, what kind of tips would you have for somebody that said, hey, I don't, I don't have money? Well, most of the time I find out they probably do. It's just changing the way they're living. Now, I have run into people that just aren't making enough money and have dug a hole for themselves. But normally, we can find some place that they can cut back. Um, you know, I remember for me, got myself in debt. Um, I did a part-time job on the weekend. I worked at the foundry in Auburn for years um, to dig myself out of debt. So I gave up my weekends. My wife and I agreed that, you know, I would work on the weekends to generate extra money. So many times, what else can I do? Is there another thing I can find that would generate more income for me? And then really looking at my budget, where are there things that, and most of the time it's things I think I need, but when we get right down to it, I can do without those things. So it's starting somewhere 
Um, yeah. And I yeah. think, Mark, you might remember this when we talked about budgeting last year and when we had Mildred Lopez on there, one of yeah. the questions she threw out to us is like, okay, I'm sat down and do the budget, but where's the magic? Where, where, how do I get the money? Where's the magic? Help me find it. And I think our response to that was, well, it's not magic. We can't just make money magically appear out of nowhere, right? We just have to figure out where our money's going and find out if there's any place that we can cut back on. And if there's not, to Mark's point, do we need to do something extra? You know, do we need to go find a second job or, you know, find something to make some side money on to, to, to be able to live the life that we're striving for? And right? maybe you find a program. Maybe there's a program that you weren't aware of that would help you. Um, I know we started not-for-profit bounce back where that's taking uh, somebody that, you know, either lost their job or something and just needs a helping hand to get back on track. So it's just there are some programs out there that you could go and get help, but it's making every effort possible to find what what it is out there that I could possibly use. Very good. So um, number one here, uh, I like this one. Don't ask how to budget money. Ask why you want to budget money, right? Terrence, what's your thoughts on that? Um, when I think about don't ask how to budget and asking why you want to budget, I think – they both work hand in hand, um, considering if you don't know how to budget, you have no idea how to allocate your finances to work for you in a beneficial way. Um, that's when asking why you want to budget would be most important, of course. Um, when it comes to budgeting, you have to think about why you also need the budget in the first place. Clearly, there has been a mistake with the finances, and some finances are running out a whole lot faster than what they should be, and maybe you have some short-term saving goals or long-term saving goals that you need to make because you have to make a large purchase. So, of course, asking why you want a budget is going to be one of the basic fundamentals in understanding why you need to make a budget. That's what my thought went to when I heard that, too, is before you can even start a budget, you have to figure out why you want the budget, right? Is it something you're saving term short-term wise, something you're saving term long-term wise? Are you just not being able to keep up with the bills? What is your why? Right. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. Um, But I do have a quick question for Mark. Um, I know you talked about putting money in an envelope, and that was the budgeting system back then. Um, With everything being online and stuff like that, do you believe that since banking is digital, it makes it a lot easier for people to run out of their funds since they have more easy accessibility to it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's much easier just to take a credit card and slide it rather than have to count out the dollars. I used to not use a credit card because you're, you know, every time I had to count out those dollars, that went back in my head, that's, you know, one hour or how many hours of work for this lunch I'm doing or whatever that I could have packed. And so, yeah, I I think that's huge. Now, I just talked with a gentleman the other day that basically is doing the envelope system at his bank. He set up different Different accounts. accounts at the bank. He's got his tax account. He's got his vacation account. And, um, you know, so they're, but it is, yeah, digital makes it very easy because it's not money. You're just punching a Mm -hmm. card. And then when you get your uh, bill monthly, it's like, oh my gosh. Um, So it's really thinking about that. And I like what you said, Terrence, because your effort in a budget is dependent on your expectation or your goal. What is that goal you have. I, I talked to a lady the other day. She wants a house, and we looked at her situation where she's several years of cleaning up um, bad credit before she's going to be ready for a house. But put that picture up. Find out if you got out of 
debt, what house could you afford? Then picture that. Start looking at those kind of houses and picture what it's going to be like when you're out of debt to get you mm -hmm. that motivation. Because it's changing habit. It's no different than a diet. It's changing habits. And that's tough to do. Budging isn't easy. No, yeah. nor fun. Right? No. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All, all leads back to changing mindsets. Yeah. That's one of the things yeah. that, that exactly. we talked about, you know, earlier. Yeah. And uh, Ryan, you talked about the why with budgeting. Mm -hmm. I equated a lot too. There's some people that won't go to the doctor to get a checkup. You know, because why? If I find out I have something, I know now some I of those people. Something. Exactly. I have to change a habit. Exactly. So now, if I if I budget and it shows I'm spending more than I'm making. Hmm? Now the ball's back in my court. I have to do something about it. So that, yeah. that's what we're dealing with in a lot of cases. Yeah, so a lot of times, yeah, we don't want to do the budget because we already know where we need to cut back on. We just don't want to acknowledge it, and the budget's going to show us what we have to cut back on if we want to make a change. So, Mark, great segue into um, number two, distinguish between short-term savings goals and long-term savings goals, right? So what would a short-term saving goal look like? JJ? Short-term, um, I want to take a family trip, uh, mm -hmm. you know, weekend mm -hmm. trip, take my family. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, where, where, where can I scrape up some money over here to, to, to do that or whatever? So, like we said, you know, generate uh, some income on a short-term basis. Something maybe with like a six-month, year timeline, something like that that you're saving for now? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. What about a long-term goal? I think Mark just kind of pointed one out there. Yeah. House? House or, mm -hmm. you know, to someday be able to retire, not to work that job mm -hmm. day in and day out but to have a choice that's what i said if you start now then you got choices later on whether to keep working or to do something else so. yeah so that's a good point with the retirement thing do you think a lot of people who are struggling financially um that actually need to sit down and put a budget together are actually thinking that long-term wise or are they thinking more short-term wise like i just need to know how to get to next month right yeah i think most people it's short term Mm -hmm. I can't, how can I think about retirement when I can't pay my bills? Mm -hmm. exactly. and so what JJ said is, what's that short-term goal that I can come up with and then start to work? we got to meet our short-term goal yeah. before we can think about yes. those long-term goals. And then another uh, addition to that is, are our goals realistic, right? You sit down, you write them down. What do you want to do short-term? What do you want to do long-term-wise? Kind of look at your income, what you're making, what your bills are, and then determine, are my goals realistic? Or, and if they're not, do I need to do something different, find that second job, or do I need to readjust my goals, right? Um, from there, track your spending to create a budget, okay? So tracking your spending to get started on a budget, you need to go out and kind of track it for 30 days, 60 days, get a kind of an average of what it is that you're, you're spending, right? Mark, anything to add to that? Well, there's all kinds of – I when I have people, I have a form that I use, but you can put all kind of forms, budgeting forms – off the internet, which help you. You know, if you've never done budgeting, you haven't even thought down to, oh, you know, I got this coming up. My car insurance is coming up or my license plates are coming up. Having all those things uh, so that you've got the money when it's when it's there, thinking down the road, and that helps you. And then have an accountability partner. Yeah. I think even, you know, when you're doing that spending plan, you need to sit down and, and figure out what actually, what is, what, what's your want, what's the need, what's the obligation. Mm -hmm. You know, that, and that's going to help. And for people that, you know, don't understand between all those, you know, a want is, uh, is something that uh, you, you have to have. You know, a need, or excuse me, that's a need, is something that you have to have. Mm -hmm. And then a want 
is something mm-hmm. that you desire, and an obligation is something that you can't live without. So when you're putting together that spending plan, that's how you separate it in those categories and figure out you know where where your uh, money should go. Absolutely, figuring out what needs and wants are, which I think we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, separate fixed income expenses from variable expenses. Okay, Terrence, what's that look like? Well, of course, you know what we have when we talk about our fixed expenses, like our monthly rent mm-hmm. at the time being. Um, if you have a car payment, anything like that, um, typically your insurance mm-hmm. would, I would consider that a fixed payment as well. It's things that you know aren't going to fluctuate when they change. Um, typically, I see some people out there that have those fixed expenses set up on auto pay because they know that the prices and the charges mm-hmm. aren't going to fluctuate yeah. over time. Um Water bill, light bill, gas bill, those are great examples of <laughs> Monthly things that should right? not be on <laughs> auto pay. Mm-hmm. Because one month you might charge $50 to your water bill. The month after that you might charge $790. Um, I think it is not a good decision to set variable expenses up on auto pay because you are setting yourself up for failure. In you, you being in banking, um, probably seeing this a lot, what do you see that happens when people do that? Um, typically overdrafting accounts typically takes place, um, especially so like we said with the fixed expenses, Mm -hmm. you know how much is going to come out, you know when it's going to come out. So, you know, you got $300 coming out on the 15th. That's easy to allocate. That's easy to get ready for it to come out of your account. Now, when you have something that's variable pop up, say you have $500 in your account and you have that set up on auto payment, you have $700 about to be drawn out of your account. That's just going to put you even more in debt because one, your account's going to be overdrafted. What happens when you overdraw your account? You're going to get overdraft fees. Yes. That's what happens. Even more. And the way that I talk to our clients about it is typically when you overdraft your account or when you sign up to get overdraft coverage and things like that, you are basically getting a one-day credit card. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you have a deadline to get your account back into a positive standing or you get charged an overdraft mm-hmm. fee. It's similar to using a credit card, except for you have 29 days less mm-hmm. to get what you used pay back to, to, to your point. Um, I'll have to admit, I mean, there's times that like there's bills I have that I get it and I'm, I'm a couple days late or something like that. And maybe I get charged a late fee, which happens. Um, but I'm gonna tell you what, that $5 late fee or $10 late fee is way cheaper than that 34 or 35, whatever your bank is charging yes. on that overdraft fee, it's way yes. cheaper. So that if you don't have the money that correct. day and your payday is two days from now, it gives you that ability right. to pay it a couple days late with maybe a lesser fee or maybe no no fee at all, because some places do give you grace periods, right? Yeah. I mean, um, when we talk about 50% of income for fixed expenses, mm-hmm. if you know, if we're not talking about uh analyzing what's a need and a want, then we're talking 50% of, of our income is for fixed expenses. I could have one there. Is a cable bill? Is that a, is that a necessity? No. You know, getting my hair <laughs> not in my opinion. week is not a necessity, so yep. that's what I'm saying. I think that would need to be, we break that down first, and the 50% mm-hmm. we're talking is a house payment, you know, car right. payment if Correct. you need it for work. Yeah. So, I think that's what we talked about earlier, understanding first and foremost what a fixed um, a bill is. Mm-hmm. Your rent, right? You need a place to live. Uh, food's going to be variable, right? Cause it's going to vary from there, but you know, budget in a certain amount of what you'd expense for food, but light bills, things like that. And then go from there. So when you get to, uh, JJ's point, the next one was plan a budget. And then just for example, a common rule is 50, 30, 20, where we, um, say 50% of our income goes towards our fixed expenses. 
right? Um, the 30% of it goes towards our wants or our variable income. And then the extra 20% we have for savings or paying off, you know, credit card debt or other debt to get us out of debt. Right. So, but understanding what the fixed and variable where we need to cut back on before you do yeah. that is important. And for clarification, I'm, I'm just saying a fixed income could be whatever you make it. I'm mm-hmm. talking a yeah, sense of truth. You yes. see what I'm saying? So true. A necessity to me, fixed income, like I said, there's people that get their hair cut every week or get their nails done. That's yeah. a fixed income. So I'm, I'll sit down with you and my budget and tell you what my cable bill is. And I got every premium so, package. And so what you're saying is we have fixed and variable, but then also needs and wants, right? Bingo. Where do those set in there? You could have a fixed uh, fixed bill, but it really a need or is it really a want? Bam. That's what, yeah. yeah. That's the point I'm trying to make. And yes. that's, that's so, good because mm-hmm. many times that's where you find money. Well, I have to have cable or I have to do this. No, you don't. How long are you willing to cut back for your goal? Again, it's what is your goal? What are the sacrifices you're willing to make? That's good. I just had to make that choice recently when my uh, barber just recently sent out a a message saying he was up in his charges there. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm getting my hair cut every four weeks instead of every three weeks, (laughs) which explains my hair right now. Right. But I am going to see him today. So, uh, but yeah, maybe I have to cut back on it because, you know, paying $40 every three weeks and maybe that cuts down to one or two haircuts a year. It saves me some money. Right. Cutting back where you can. Um, So budgets are great. Right. Kind of helps us find out where money's at, where we can cut back on. But sticking to that budget and some things that we bad habits that could destroy that budget. Right. So the first one I got here is impulse purchases. Anybody want to read in the big print there what I got? Gotcha. I'll take that one. Go, Terrence. (laughs) So for impulse purchases, don't go to the mall. Something that we see every single day, you know, as soon as they drop the new iPhone or they drop the new pair of J's or they drop the new set of Nikes, got to have them. There's no specific reason of why you have to have them, but you just know that you have to have them. It's what's hip. It's what's trend. It's what time out before you go further, though. You have don't go to the mall. I'm going to let you in on the new one. Everybody has a cell phone. Everybody online purchases. Oh, yeah. So you lay it in well, see, I'm not an online person. <laughs> so, that's yeah, why it's that's not, right. a, yeah, you, for me. You, you lay but, it in Yes, exactly. And they're going to hit you with Delete they Amazon. AI. They know <laughs> yes. what your, what your yes. price range is. Uh-huh. They know what your focus is. So yeah. your hey, phone heard you talking ball, to your buddy about they, the new Jordans coming go. out. Now there's an ad so right in your phone. You wake up, you roll over. It's easy to hit that click. So you want to add that to your list. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a victim of that. Every weekend uh, I leave the house and then I come back thinking, man, if I just would have stayed home, <laughs> if I would have just stayed home, I would have another $100, $200 in my bank account. I could have just stayed home with the kids and watched TV and ate some food that was already there, and I'd be just fine now. So impulse purchases, I think, are probably one of the biggest uh, budget busters. So um, blurring the lines between needs and wants. So we were talking mm-hmm. about that early, like trying to figure out what a need is and what a want is. You know, do you need a haircut? Yes, or do you want a haircut? Right. Yeah, correct. I mean, we can talk about grooming, but like you said, hey, versus uh, going weekly, I'm going to go, you know, once every four. Yeah, or might. I'm going to go to the uh, the barber college, you yeah. know, where you pay less. There, There's ways around it. I mean, I get, you know, the personal care, but uh, there are ways around it. You too. might not look so fresh and so clean, clean, but <laughs> hey, it'll save you another haircut or two for the year, and that's the money you got, okay? Um, not tracking your spending, right? Big budget. I think that's the whole point of yeah. budgeting, right? Right. Is tracking your spending, finding out where your money is going. Um, and I think a kind of misconception out there is 
depending on your financial status, is, is a budget needed, right? And I think I talked about this last time we talked about budgeting is it's not just for people struggling with money. Um, me as a private banker, I deal with more affluent clients of my bank. And I've had numerous ones of those reach out to me and say, hey, we make plenty of money, but we don't know where it's going, right? What kind of ideas do you have? Do we Let's set up multiple bank accounts, multiple savings. So this is my um, vacation fund. This is my Christmas fund. This is whatever. So they can get an idea of where their money's going because at the end of the year, they're kind of like, great, I made all this money, but I don't have it. Where is it at? Right? So misconception mm-hmm. is that budgeting may only be for those that don't have money. Um, apps. So anybody have any experience with using any apps for, for their budgeting or – um, I will say this. Um, majority of financial institutions that do have online banking and mobile apps, they do have um, features in them that actually help you create a budget and help you track your spending as well. Um, awesome. So if you do have that, I definitely recommend using that. There are some definitely good tips and tricks on there to help you track where your spending is. Yeah, I'm glad right. you said that. I was about to say, like Citibank, we have a mobile mm-hmm. app. It helps you, helps you do that. So You're budgeting right. and keeping track of your expenses, everything? Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So um, I don't personally use a specific third-party <laughs> app or anything like that, but I know they do to, to promote any of them, but I do know they exist. So if you need help tracking those, um, in today's world, it's it's a lot easier. I know you can be out, for example, I guess, um, with one the bank I used to work for, uh, when you used to use your credit card, they had a way that every purchase that you made would kind of be categorized right away so you knew where you were going. It gave you the ability to like take a picture of the receipt as well for business owners so they can keep a copy of the receipt and everything. So they don't have to worry about losing the receipt between here and there and getting back there and writing everything down. Boom, you could do it right there at the point of purchase right, to make right. it convenient for you. Right, and I, I, but it's also got to be a family decision. I've seen many couples, you know, the wife wants to do this. Well, the one lady I was talking to had a boyfriend – and I just bluntly said, you need to dump him. Mm-hmm. He is spending money and then wanting you to pay the tab. And so it's got to be a joint decision. And if you don't have a partner, then get somebody accountable that you can meet with on a regular basis. My wife and I used to have a budget meeting. We'd have a budget meeting once a week, look mm-hmm. at where we were at and hold each other that, accountable. That, that's, that's a great a point, Mark. I was listening to a, a budgeting podcast the other day prepping for this, and that's one of the major points they pointed out is when you sit down with a budget, you sit down with your spouse, your significant mm-hmm. other, whoever you're going to be in, uh, you're financially tied to, and you agree to this, right? Mm-hmm. So right. as things start to weigh, you can say, no, this is, we agreed to this. We have to be on the same page with this. There's no discrepancies when it comes to it, right? I'll tell a story, and I'll change the names to protect the innocent. <laughs> I know exactly what you said. You know, when you have a savings, you had a nest egg sitting there, and, and you have plans, but that other partner is looking at it as, hey, we got this money over yeah. here. Yeah, you know, they got plans. So you know, they uh, had their plans. So. My recommendation for that, separate accounts. Yes, definitely got to back here. <laughs> if you have a spouse like that, Separate accounts. Yes. Yes. I mean, right. even even then, I feel like anybody that has a joint account, I feel like you should still have your own separate accounts as well. You, the joint account is supposed to be for, for things that you pay for together. That doesn't mean all your finances has to go into that account. You know, Terrence, that's a great point. And, you know, I was uh, um, going back to that. That's what me and my wife do. And it's not because we have issues with spending habits because mm-hmm. we're both very good financially wise. But just like when we got together, she has her own account. I have my own account. She works. I work. That's her money. This is my money. I don't 
I don't want to even get those situations. Being in banking, we've both probably seen where husband and wife coming in or husband's coming in like mad because what is this? Finds out wife didn't, didn't tell him. That just creates another mm-hmm. strain in a relationship as far as I'm concerned, yeah. right? She makes her money. I make my money. There's no questions on, you know, you're spending what. But we have a joint account. So money comes in. We put the money that is budgeted, so mm-hmm. another form of budgeting, for our um, our uh, uh, bills and fixed fixed needs and stuff like that. And then from there, we put in a little bit extra that covers like kids' sports and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we're building up a joint account together, but we have our own individual accounts there. And it's it, we argue about a lot of stuff, but that's not one of them. You but know, you just it said just a beautiful thing. She works and you works. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. And I think I think that is a great way that you do have that set up. I think it prevents anybody from you know being a little over easy with the funds. So you know, if you're both putting into it. There's not going to be a chance that somebody's going to go in and overspend somebody else's fuzz for, you know, you know, your wife may have a plan for a reason why she's putting so much in the joint account or you may have a reason for it. That doesn't mean that somebody should go out and spend it. So if you have your own account, you can still go out there and buy your own personal ones, mm-hmm. whatever you feel like it, mm-hmm. and still not be affecting the joint account yeah. at the same she's time. Not, so, yeah. She's not telling me what I can do with my money. I'm not telling her what she can do with her money. That, that takes that whole argument out of the equation. It's like you do what you want with it, you know. But – you, you being in retail banking, you can probably relate, but you see some crazy things out there. One of the things that used to bother me the most is when a young couple gets into a relationship, right? And the first thing that they're doing is feel like they need to add their significant other on the account, whether that's because they want to feel like they're together or the other one's pushing for that for maybe reasons you should question. Yeah, I don't know. Definitely. And I would always sit there and be like, Six months from now, they're going to be back. One I, of them's going to be back, want to remove the other one from the account. They can't because they got, both got to be here. I definitely you know? try to make sure I do my due diligence when it comes to that. I'm making sure that I'm informing them of absolutely everything that having a joint signer on your account does entail. You know, and some of them just look at me with a straight face and say, this is what I want. I'm like, okay, they have full rights to this account. So if they come in here one day and drain everything out of it, Mm-hmm. And they can do that because they're on the account. Like, yeah. I'm like, right. this, and you can't just remove them because it's your account first. Once you right. put them on there, it's their account just as much as it is and yours. And there actually was an instance where, you know, there was a mother and a daughter and she wanted to add her daughter onto her account. And her daughter was taking the money out of her mother's account and transferring into her own account. And she was upset about that. And, you know, I had to sit her down and explain to her. I'm like, this is what having a joint signer on your account means. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this is what we explained to you. You still signed the document. This is what you wanted. Your child just turned around and stabbed you in the back. Yep. And I apologize for that, but there is nothing that we can do yeah. because she's authorized to do that. Yep. So, yeah, it's joint accounts are happens, a tricky topic. It happens every day. Um, next one for the habits that can ruin your budget. Failing to comparison shop. Mm. I do this all the time. I think it's one of the things that helps me the most. But I never go and buy something the first time. I, I go and I then I go to the next door and I... Like, hey, can I get it cheaper over here? I do this at Christmas all the time, and it drives me nuts because it takes me forever to get my Christmas shopping done. But um, I do typically get the cheapest prices on there. I might be spending more in gas because I keep driving back and forth. I don't know, but comparison shopping. You mean gentlemen do that? All the time, definitely. Um, It's not something. um, Great example, car shopping. Mm So you go to a car lot. You say you go to a dealership. You see a car that you like. Okay, they might have it. On sale for like twenty seven thousand, you can probably go find the same exact car at a different car lot, and they might be selling it for ten thousand dollars cheaper. Mm-hmm. Why? Different businesses, different prices. They're allowed to do whatever they choose, but at the same time, at the end of the day, we're gonna go find what's we can afford. Mm-hmm. That's not out of our budget because if we go out there and we purchase something that we know that we're not gonna be able to maintain, now we're just counting the months until they come to pick it up. You know. Gotcha. Um, last one on the budget busters, you don't automate your savings account. So kind of what that means is, um, 
when you get paid, you're just trusting yourself to manually move money over to your savings account, right? Rather than doing an auto transfer or a deposit. If you get direct deposit from your employer, mm-hmm. just having a certain portion of that, because most employers will do this, will allow you to split your direct deposit. So money, certain portion comes into your savings, certain portion comes into your checking account. Uh, that way it's automatically, there's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, right? Rather than it all coming into your checking and then you spend and then, oh, well, I'll just transfer tomorrow. Well, I'll just transfer tomorrow. Next thing you know, it's gone, right? Doing an automated transfer or setting it up through your employer. Um, jumping in here, we only got a few minutes left to some do's and don'ts. Um, when you create a budget, a do, we definitely want to create a budget, but we don't want to make a budget restrictive, right? What do you think that means? Anybody have any thoughts on that? So, um, it's just like, you know, people say you can't have too much of a good thing. Mm -hmm. That's not always true. Um, being restrictive is going to not lead to a positive outcome over time. It's like when you start a new diet and you try to jump directly into the diet, but you don't ease yourself into the diet. You're going to ruin your progress very quickly because if you start denying yourself everything that you've been having on a regular basis and you don't wean yourself off of it, you're going to crash at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a budget, you need to include personal wants in there as well. Um, everybody deserves to you know, take care of themselves every now and then, but that doesn't mean you go out there and blow everything that you have in your account. Um, it means you limit to what you can. So, you know, some people be like, you know, I have $20 for entertainment this week, so I can go to the movies. Mm-hmm. That is still them being able to go out there and do the things that they want to do without being too restrictive. Because if you cut all of that out of your life, you're just going to be miserable and depressed, honestly. That, that's a great point, Terrence. And uh, going down to one of the other dues is have a method for your impulse bias, right? Impulse buys are going to happen. But it says don't restrict your budging so you don't have room for fun buys, which in parentheses, treat yourself. I think Millie, last time we talked about this, said, is it okay to treat myself? Absolutely, right? We all work hard. We need we need to treat ourselves to something. But what are we treating ourselves to? And what is the sacrifice for doing so, right? Is it I'm treating myself every week to Starbucks or cigarettes or something like that, and now I can't pay my light bill? Or is I'm treating myself and it might take me a little bit longer to take that vacation, Right. Kind of understanding that you don't want to be too restrictive that you can't enjoy yourself. But that's got to be in the budget. You've got the that's got to be in the budget. OK, here's the amount of money I'm putting towards treating myself. And it's got to fit. Mm-hmm. There was early on when I didn't have any extra money that went to that. It all went to get out of debt so that I could treat myself. What got me into debt was treating myself when I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to your point, though, I mean, even, even if it's a budget, there's things you could do that don't cost money. Yeah. There's a lot of free stuff yes. in way yeah. that you could do. Yes. And, and you're right. You have to celebrate the successes. You can't be, you know, beat yourself up or now you didn't trade in the quality of life just mm-hmm. for a budget. Mm-hmm. So, you know. That's so good. That's do good. track your spending. We talked about we have to track our spending in order for a budget. But don't give up on budgeting if you overspend. Right. So don't think one month, two months, your budget didn't work out the way you had it. And then all of a sudden, well, this just isn't working. I quit. Right. Mark, what's your thoughts on that? Well, to me, you got to go back. Sometimes there's deeper things happening. You know, maybe there's some things there were. We went to counseling early on because there were deeper things causing the spending habits. I, I think I'm off your point, but this is something to me was important. I went to counseling to find out what are some of these things that are causing me to reach in my pocket when I shouldn't. And it was hurts and other things I needed 
um, to deal with. And that's where accountability partner can help you in dealing with something that's causing you to uh, surface by, do things that are coming out of pain. Yep. So I don't know if that answered your question. It was just something on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're right. Um, so uh, last one here. Do use credit cards wisely. Okay. So sometimes we think about budgeting and a lot of people, um, uh, Dave Ramsey, right? Mm-hmm. Don't ever use credit. Don't ever use a credit card, right? I'm a firm believer a credit card can be a positive thing yes. for you if used responsibly. Right, you have to know yourself. If you're somebody that's an impulse buyer and you have a problem with that, a credit card's probably not the best thing for you. But if you are somebody that can be more disciplined with it, a credit card is going to be a great thing for you. Um, but the don't with a credit card is use a credit card as an extension of mm-hmm. your income. Why is that, JJ? I'm going to go. Just you know, you said you're a firm believer in using credit cards. Yeah, financial institutions are also firm believers. That's how you build in credit. That's mm-hmm. one form, you know, a way to build credit. <clears throat> but yeah, we, where you fall into uh, into trouble is again, you make a, a large purchase, something that's outside your budget, something that you really can't afford. Now you're paying on it. Now you're paying higher fees if you don't pay it on time. You know that um, you, you're putting yourself back into that hole that you that you were just in. Mm-hmm. But if you're, hey, if I'm paying something I know I can afford, I'm going to pay it on the credit card and I'm paying it off, what a great way to establish your credit. What a great way to stay mm-hmm. within your budget. You know, just don't go out, yeah, uh, this hey, Super Bowl is coming up. Let me get this $5,000 TV, um, <laughs> you know. So, so for example, the, the way to don't use your credit card is what I did, you know, first day when I was college IPFW here in Fort yeah. Wayne, and there everybody's there signing up for a credit card. Got a credit card, my very first one. Back then, it was a little bit easier without parents and things like that right. to help you, but got my credit card. First thing I did with it, went to the stereo store, bought some 12-inch Blue Thunder subwoofers, <laughs> Rockford Fosgate amp. At the time, probably six $700. Got it installed and everything. Loved it, but it took me probably six, seven months to pay that off. So I paid way more for that than I should have, right? Had I just saved and budgeted for it. The way I use a credit card now is I go to the gas station. I put the gas on it. Why? Because I can get points and rewards, right? It's a way to make income. But it doesn't take me six, seven months to pay that off. I get on my mobile app to my bank, and I immediately transfer money from my uh, bank account to my credit card. So it's paid off right then and there. Right. There is no bill I'm going to get later on. The bill's paid right then and there. But it was a purchase on my credit card, which now my bank is going to give me points for that are worth money. Right. So it's a way to, to do it if you do it uh, smart. But the main point is credit cards, if used wisely, can be a great thing for building your credit, as JJ said, or making money through the points and rewards that your, your company probably offers you. Or rec- for me, it's a record. I'm doing my taxes now and I can go back. And see, you know, pick up expenses to write off. And lots of times it'll help me see where I'm off base. You know, wow, I spent way too much on eating out this month or something. So, yep. but I pay it off every month. Absolutely. And, and a lot of times with the credit cards, is the credit card companies, they'll do kind of that itemization, right? right? It tells you where you're spending your money, which helps right. you go into your budget with, right? Preparing right. your budget if you don't already have one. But just main point with that is don't get a credit card for the purpose of using it as an extension of your income because you end up spending more money because right. you're paying interest month to month. Um, and a lot of people are of the impression that, well, that's what the banks want. They're tricking you. They, that they want you to pay interest. The banks make money just by you swiping your credit right. card, right? right? If you're paying them interest, that's just... You know, 
on top of it. Ice cream right? on top. Ice cream on top of the cake, right? <laughs> That's just a little bit more of the getting. But they, they just want you to utilize a credit card because they're making money every time you swipe it. It's benefiting you if you use responsibly. Just make sure it's stuff that you would normally do. Your money is sitting in your bank account. You have that money to pay it off, whether it's right away like I do mm-hmm. or you pay it at the end of the month because money's just sitting in your bank. Right. Right. So, but budgeting, some do's and don'ts, um, kind of a takeaway from this that I have is if you understand uh, how to handle your personal finances, that's key to having financial peace, right? You know where your money's going, you know everything, your bills are going to be paid, what is left extra to be able to do your long-term, short-term goals, things like that. Yeah. Anybody else have anything to add before we get out of here today? I just want to make it clear too. We didn't talk on, um, you know, if if you get behind, which which bills do you pay? You know, understand. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, is, is this bill going to affect me losing my house? Is this bill going to affect, you know, my health? Um, is this a bill that could be negotiated? Mm-hmm. You know, these are things that you need to look at, take into consideration when. Hey, if I don't have it over here, but I need to pay this. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Great, great point. And actually, if you remember, I think maybe in the last, uh, last show, um, Tamara was talking about that. She made a point that I didn't think of. I thought oppositely. But, you know, when somebody's making a decision, do I have pay my um, rent? Do I pay my house payment? Or do I eat? Right? Because I got to get food. A lot of people excuse me. I got to eat. I got to eat. But then you don't have a place to live. Right. Right. Or you have to move in someplace more expensive, something like that. You can always find food, right? Whether it's a family member, um, charitable organizations. Yeah, you can, banks, like I said, yeah. my, my biggest thing is you can go out and get a huge box of ramen noodles for $3, right? I, I do that all the time, right? And I think ramen noodles are pretty good, but it's a very inexpensive way to eat. But if you're saying that I had to go to Taco Bell or McDonald's or do this to eat and I can't pay my 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 rent now, think about that mentality. Correct. Right? You know. Mark, anything to add before we get out? No, it's a great, great panel. These two are fantastic. Yeah, yeah good. Well, thanks Thank for you, being here again today. Yeah, <laughs> Terrence, anything to add? Um, pretty good. Um, of course, with the credit cards, of course, they can be a vital benefit to your financial health. Of course, um, it is a what we call an open line of credit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can keep it forever. That can be your longest standing line of credit history on your report as well. Um. I'm just like JJ and you said you use it responsibly. Yep. It can be a great benefit for you. Mm-hmm. If you don't use it responsibly, it can be a great detriment yes. for you. Something that sticks around, yeah. affects you from getting houses and everything else. So use your credit responsibly. So, but thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. Uh, great talk on budgeting. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Until then, our neutral voices. Peace. Happy trails. <laughs>